Well, hello there, everyone. Welcome to Conversations with Anne Elizabeth, the podcast inspired by my book. I'm a registered dietitian, Now What?, where I have the absolute joy to sit back, relax, and have a conversation about nutrition with a variety of people who share their personal story of passion and purpose, especially registered dietitians. Today's conversation is with registered dietitian and PhD candidate, Lindy Buckingham Shutt. If you are a dietitian student, a dietetic intern, or someone who has been a dietitian for 16 years like myself, you might need a little inspiration to keep you going. I wrote my book, I'm a Registered Dietitian, Now What?, exactly for that reason. It's a great read for dietitians starting out or dietitians practicing for some time. You can order this inspiring book off my website, annelizabethardy.com, or you can find it on Amazon and iTunes. Almost every afternoon, I'm always looking for the perfect snack, and I have found one that I truly love, and that's Nick Sticks. Nick Sticks have all the goodness, none of the garbage, that start with 100% grass-fed beef and free-range turkey. These are the best-tasting snack sticks you can find. No MSG, no nitrates, no antibiotics, no hormones, no sugar, no red dye, and no gluten. All the goodness, none of the garbage. Today, I had a great conversation with Lindy, who is not only a registered dietitian, but she is a PhD candidate and graduate research assistant. She is currently working diligently on finalizing her thesis. Lindy has volunteered her time with the Iowa Academy of Nutrition and Dietetics and Public Policy as our state policy representative, and she has kind of found a passion for policy. She will be working in public policy after she defends her thesis this fall. She's had a unique experience and journey so far, and I learned a lot from her story. Please enjoy my conversation with Lindy. So why don't we go back to when you kind of realized, oh, I think I might like dietetics as a profession when I grow up. Um, not until I was about 22 or 23 years old. I didn't oh, so really. you a little older. Yeah. I, yeah. I, um, so I actually have a I went to a private liberal arts college, St. Olaf College in Minnesota. Mm-hmm. Not, I mean, not that I would, didn't think nutrition at all. That was very interesting, but not ever thinking that that was my, my career path was nutrition. Um, I always knew I wanted to help people, whether that be in the medical field or, I don't even being a librarian or something, something like that. Thought, <laughs> Did you think about I being a librarian? About, I thought about, definitely thought about being a librarian. Was there like a, was there a degree for that? Yeah, you can get a, you can get a, gosh, what's it's. I can't even remember the exact degree, but typically they get an English degree and then you go get a master's in like library sciences. I had no idea. Mm-hmm. So I really thought I, I mean, I had like seven majors at St. Olaf and one of them was English. <laughs> I, was, I was like, I, I could be a librarian. Um, but I started at St. Olaf having no idea what I wanted to do. And I, I mean, they don't have a dietetics program. So I didn't even know what it was until I was, I got to my senior year and I had settled on a degree in exercise science because I knew med school wasn't going to be the thing for me. Um, St. Olaf sends a lot of students to med school, and I saw how competitive that was, and I didn't like the competitiveness of that, and I just, it wasn't going to be something for me long term, even though I thought, well, that would be still be really fun to be a doctor or something, like, in that field. Um, but then I was like, okay, exercise science, it's science-based, I'll work with people, I'll figure it out, I'm going to do that. 
So it was really my kind of senior capstone class when we got to pick our own research topic and just do a giant lit review on it and then kind of come up with our own our own study. And everyone else in the class was doing very, you know, exercise phase based based research studies and I was like I want to do something with nutrition and um and that's when I was kind of like maybe this is something I can do for real in my life like how can I how can I talk to people about food all the time and nutrition <laughs> you love food uh, yeah yeah love food <laughs> I love talking about food but I just found I loved the science of food too so I was like how can I talk to talk and do this all the time so so just that one assignment was like your kind of your window to food and nutrition as a as a major because then what did did you finish out your exercise science degree then mm-hmm. yeah so I finished out at St. Olaf and then I visited Iowa State thinking oh you know I'll see I'll see what like oh I'll do a master's in nutrition or something and I can go from there and figure out a career and it was when I came and visited it um, that they said to me well if you really want to you know do something where you're actually counseling people on in a clinical setting about food and nutrition, you should become a dietitian. And I had, I mean, I knew dietitians. I am from Waverly. And so I know Monica, like okay. I grew up yeah. knowing Monica. I'm like, Oh, I know, I know a dietitian. I know Monica. It's Monica. <laughs> and I, ne- I didn't know, like, I feel like a lot of people don't know what the process is to become a dietitian. Mm-hmm. So it was when I got here, they're like, okay, A, B, C, D, this is what you need to do to become a dietitian. And kind of just clicked and said okay I'm gonna I mean I did not I left that day going okay I'm gonna enroll and I'll be back here and this is what I'm gonna do so (laughs) how long did it take you after we need to do all the dietetic stuff to become an RD just two two years Um, yeah so I came back here I think I enrolled in was it was it 2010 and I was done in 2012 yep Mm -hmm. so you had a lot of that science backgrounds you basically just had to take all your food classes pretty much yep. yeah yep I took um I had to take a summer course of biochem and I think that was about all I had to do biochem oh. too I, I loved it I, <laughs> Did you yeah, like biochem? I love biochem I've always I mean I feel like maybe that's why I've enjoyed coming back to grad school and doing that because I've I like the I like the mechanisms and mm-hmm. the mechanics behind work. it, the physiology aspect of it a lot. Sure. Um, so I, yeah, I think the only thing I did not like was organic chemistry, really. You know, that is the common <laughs> thread of everyone that I've talked to because I thought about going to med school myself, and everyone takes organic chemistry, and they're like, uh, no. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I was just like, why do people continue in physics? I mean, you don't do a ton of physics in med school, but it was enough. And even when I thought about in exercise science, everyone goes to PT or OT. Mm -hmm. And so much of that is physics. And I remember being in classes and being like, no, like, no, (laughs) I am done. I I think even in high school, I opted out of physics to take some other science course. Yeah. I mean. I think I did too. Criminology. I think I took criminology (laughs) instead of physics. That's probably much more exciting. (laughs) It was. So, so yeah. So you got your RD. Did you... Did you ever waver during that time after you decided to go back and do the RD dietitian program? Or was it always like something that you're like, yep, this is the perfect fit? Yeah, I really, I never, I don't think I ever wavered. Um, Maybe half of that was because I was so busy all the time. I didn't really have time (laughs) time to waver. (laughs) To think about, like, oh, this isn't the right thing. But it, it felt, going to the classes felt really right. I mean, it just felt good. And I just... It's, I I never had a hard time. I've never had, had a hard time with school, but I felt like I was really excelling. And especially, again, coming from 
um, my undergrad where people were very competitive because it, it was a very med school focused undergrad and I was in all those science courses so I remember feeling sometimes like pushed down because I wasn't doing as well as my friends were doing and I was like oh this is really hard and then going into these classes and being like this is not easy but sure. I mean it just clicks and it, it felt good to to do well too and maybe that's half the reason I feel like I, I've been in school forever yeah. <laughs> well you kind of have yeah I really have so you took your test did you were you enrolled in your next set of um, degrees I guess mm-hmm. I should say before you took your RD or did you take it midstream or kind of take me through that process yeah so that's a it's kind of a fun story actually how all of all of it came to be that I came back to Iowa State to get another degree um, cause I thought after my internship, I was just gonna, I was gonna get a job. I was gonna figure it out cause I'd been in school for a long time mm-hmm. and everyone in my life is like, when are you going <laughs> to get a job? <laughs> when are you going to join the real world? Right? Work. Yeah. <laughs> um, definitely. My parents were thinking like, you need to, you need to get a job. But, um, I had come back. I, I was, I did my internship in Chicago. Oh, okay. Where'd you do it at? Um, at Ingalls Memorial Hospital. It's, it's in Harvey, Illinois, technically. It's on the very south side of Chicago. Okay. Um, pretty small hospital, but I, I, I mean, I wouldn't come back to it, but I, I loved it just for the, I went and visited thinking like, oh, this will be, you know, I should go check it out because I thought maybe Chicago would be a good place to do an internship. And I left thinking, I'm going to learn so much from this being here in terms of working with a totally new population. Um, than I would in Iowa or maybe anywhere else. So it was great. It, it was kind of like when you go to a college and it, and it fits. I felt like I went to that internship and it, it, it really fit. You. Do you recommend mm-hmm. people to go visit internships to see, get that feeling? Yes, I'm yeah. nodding. Um, <laughs> yes, she's nodding. <laughs> I, I think I really encourage people to go visit, whether they have an open house or if you just contact the director one-on-one mm-hmm. and say, I want to come check it out or I want to talk to the other interns or anything just go because you can like someone can have a really great website and then you go visit and it's really crummy or vice versa like mm-hmm. a really crummy website and go visit and you it's love it fantastic mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. so you really clicked there and mm-hmm. was it clinical based then so they had two tracks there was only there was eight interns so it was a pretty small group oh. but um they had a community track so for the interns in community and then they had a clinical track so the other four did clinical and i was the clinical tracked so the majority of my time there was spent doing clinical work and then vice versa for the community girls the majority of their time or more of their time was spent doing community work so which was really great and I went to a variety I worked I didn't just work at that hospital I went to a variety of hospitals in the Chicago area to do clinical rotations just because to get they wanted us to get more experience experience. sure how long was your internship um it was just under 11 months so it was a longer one but you loved it I loved yeah. it. Yeah. I loved yeah. it. I loved the experience I got. I loved the people I met. Everything about it was fantastic. So, awesome. Yeah, except for the fact that, you know, you're poor. <laughs> yeah, you have no money. <laughs> you're yes. working for free. You're yes. paying to work, actually. Exactly. <laughs> but it's, I mean, I wouldn't have done it any other way. Mm-hmm. So. so then did you come back to Iowa then after your internship? Yeah, so I, um, my boyfriend at the time now husband was back in Iowa and so I long term I knew I would likely come back to Iowa um or you know he would come there but I was I was going to get a job so I thought oh I'll probably look for jobs in Iowa um and at the time he lived somewhere else in Iowa but then he moved closer to Des Moines because he was like well maybe it'll be easier for you to find a job in 
in the Des Moines area. So he moved to Ames. Um, and I was back visiting him in Ames during like the last week of March of, and my internship went all the way to June. So this was March. I came back and visited. Um, I ran a funny story. I came, I got to his house and he had told me he was going to make dinner. Of course he hadn't even gone to the grocery store to get things for dinner yet. <laughs> Procrastinating. Uh, so we both went to the grocery store together. We were walking around the grocery store looking for items to buy for dinner and we ran into Dr. Campbell, Christina Campbell in the magazine aisle and she was reading a just like a food magazine <laughs> and I was like oh hey Dr. Campbell how are you what's new and um, we just chatted a little bit and then we left and then the next day I got an email from her that said there's this new fellowship we have within our department um, you know if you you told me that you are looking coming looking to come back to the area looking for a job um, you should consider applying for this fellowship and, you know, getting a, getting a PhD. I was like, I guess I really haven't thought about it, but, <laughs> but now I'm thinking about it. And so uh -huh. I just went through that. It was a pretty quick process because, again, it was the end of March, and they typically, you know, enroll grad students. You accept and enroll pretty early in the spring. Um, so I found out, and I came back and kind of took the test and then got on the ground running in terms of working in the lab. So... So you basically got your RD test done, and you were right back in school again. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, so what? So what attracted you to what Dr. Campbell? I mean, like, what kind of brought you to that point where you're like, I yeah, I want to do this because after being in school for so long and mm -hmm. not working and going right into school again, what kind of was the attraction? It's a great question, <laughs> um, and it's definitely one I've I think I've thought about, but. I mean, asking, it's a very different thing. Um, I, I always really, I, I mean, I hadn't had a ton of experience with research, but I always knew the value of it. We talk, you talk about in classes so many times how, you know, we follow evidence-based research and um, we really, you know, pound that in that that's what we should be doing, which is so true. But then I was like, well, I don't really know how to do research. I should get the mechanism behind that and then, then maybe I'll be able to preach it a little bit easier explain it or um, just understand it and so I was like okay I'll go back and do research and especially with her I loved the research she was doing um, she was working with people which was something I could go into her lab and use my RD but then she was also you know doing some more behind the scenes so some more bench work and things like that so I could do some of that fun stuff too that the science know, yeah stuff. exactly yeah. yeah so I was like oh great it's the best of both worlds and um and I had such a great experience at Iowa State I thought if I want to get a higher degree I would love to do it at Iowa State and so it, it just it felt it just felt really it felt right I mean it was the right next step I thought for me so when you what re, what was the research that she was focusing on and during your mm -hmm. your time there so when I, she's always um, worked on something called the Blossom Project. So she really wants to understand um, kind of how diet and exercise impact women during pregnancy and affect both the maternal outcomes and also the fetal outcomes. It originally really started, I mean, if she tells a story, it started when she was pregnant with that she wanted, she didn't know how much activity she could do. So she wanted to do some research into it and found out there wasn't a lot of research at the time about how, like, what you can, what you can't do, what's, what's good, what's bad. So that spurred that on for her. And it's 
built to the point where um, she did more observational work, so where she just kind of looked at, again, what does physical activity and diet mean for a woman during pregnancy? Um, what's the good, the bad? And then that developed into looking more. Um, now what she's really focusing on is how to intervene during pregnancy to prevent negative outcomes using, using diet and exercise. Um, so when I came into the lab about four years ago, there was one of the first real intervention studies she was doing where she was looking at how you can change a woman's physical activity during pregnancy and what that means for, for her and her baby after pregnancy. Um, and, and then I came in and did, I've been doing, working on something similar to that, but adjusted based off of the outcomes from that study. So just kind of morphing it to, to hopefully be even more successful in the future for women and those aspects of it. So you're seeing moms while they're pregnant and then you're seeing moms post delivery and then children as well. Um, unfortunately, we don't see the children. That would be really That'd fun be if fun. we could continue <laughs> up with that. But yes, I work with women throughout most of the pregnancy. So we, we typically, um, well, we try to enroll them between their, at least in the study that I've been working on in previous studies, between their 8th and 14th week of pregnancy. So fairly early on enough where they maybe haven't told people yet. So they come into us and say, don't tell people. Don't tell, it's a secret. <laughs> oh, yeah. And um, then I see them all the way to the end of their pregnancy. And then two months after they have the baby, they'll, I'll see them again with the baby. So, oh, that's really cool. Yeah, it's really fun. So what do you like about research? So being a dietitian, like I don't know anything about research, never been a dietitian in research. What's mm-hmm. the, you kind of mentioned that evidence base that we preach and that, you know, we always are, we're researching, we're reading, we're trying to do a lot of that kind of stuff. Why would, like me saying, if I want to go back to school, what was, what would you say to me about why it's good to go into research and experience that? Mm-hmm. Good question. Um, I mean, kind of like I said, I think it's kind of like looking, I, I drive a car every day, but I would have no idea how to, you know, fix that car or, you know, how to mess with the gears or anything. And I feel like doing the research, I, I'm really just like lifting the hood on what we understand and really getting my hands dirty and figuring out. Like when I read a research article now, I can really conceptualize what they're, not in all research articles, yeah. <laughs> but in a lot of them, I can really kind of conceptualize what what they did and um, the steps they took and it helps me understand okay this is this is really good research or this is some great research or this could be improved upon um so I've really enjoyed that aspect of it um and just it gives you a little more freedom to be curious I think too um in good ways and in bad ways I spend a lot of time reading (laughs) research articles which is which in theory sounds fun maybe well it could sound fun to spend a lot of time <laughs> reading new things and it gets daunting but it but it's it just allows you to really I don't know to again gain this really full understanding I think of of what what people are doing out there mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm so intimidated by research I get the journal and I am just I'm so overwhelmed by how specific these research studies are, Mm -hmm. you know, like your population is so specific and Mm -hmm. you read about, you know, just very specific populations and what people are studying. And I'm just like, Oh my gosh, I couldn't imagine. (laughs) It's hard for me to conceptualize being a person doing that research. So that's why I think Mm -hmm. it's so interesting that, you know, you just kind of, that's just kind of been your following and you combined your exercise science kind of with Mm -hmm. your dietetics and nutrition 
Yeah. And you probably had no idea that was going to happen. <laughs> I, I Not exactly, but I did. I, I did think I don't want to waste <laughs> this other degree. <laughs> so I've definitely uh, tried to, um, to intertwine it with what, mm-hmm. I mean, and it's really hard to take to a point to take away some points of exercise science or activity away from diet just because they are intertwined to a point again. But mm-hmm. I've definitely tried to bring that component into because I know I'm like, well, I have the background. I mm-hmm. should probably use it. Mm-hmm. According to my, <laughs> I mean, definitely according to my parents. <laughs> we hope that she's using it anyways. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so how far are you being done from your PhD? Um, so I'll be done this fall. So okay. very close. Yeah, hopefully. you are close. And you will present your thesis. You will. Well, what do they call that? I guess. Yeah, I mean, thesis dissertation. Okay. I'll um, present it to my committee, and they generously generously read it all because it's not short. And how long is it? Um, well, right now, they're typically on average a dissertation can be two hundred or three hundred pages. So, oh my goodness! So they're they're <laughs> longer documents, um, and they can be pretty dense. But um, it's it, the committee. You pick your committee based off of you want you want people to have an understanding or bring something to the table in terms of what you're doing for research. So my committee um, will be experts at different parts of the dissertation. So it's really helpful. Then they can provide good feedback, feedback ways to um, something different to look at. Maybe oh maybe you didn't look at it this way or you know um, go back and read this you know read this and that'll help inform this other component of it um so they'll they'll all read that and then provide me that feedback and I get to go back and rework it a little bit yep Mm -hmm. okay so and then after that point then you rework it and then you go back to the committee then with it yep you resubmit it to them and then if they approve it then you're you're done done. (laughs) (laughs) yeah exactly can you believe that you wrote that big of a Um, dissertation um Yes, just because the time span that I've been writing it has been long, so it's not something it's not something you do in you know a, a week, life. a month, no. a couple months. It's something you you work on. I've been working on it since you started. Uh, yeah, pretty much. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Do you, do you have a class that you take in writing a dissertation? I mean, like, how does someone get this? Like, you said you loved English, so obviously you have great writing skills too. Mm-hmm. And like, is there something that prepares you for writing? Um, we don't have a specific class within our department. We have a grant writing class, which is great, but we don't have a dissert- or thesis or dissertation class. Um, the grad college at Iowa State offers excellent resources. Um, they offer classes within their writing center if you want extra support on how to actually do one. But just there's a lot of support out there in terms of whether it be sources within the grad college, even sources within our college. I mean, people that'll help people that will help yeah. that will read that will edit. Um, I mean, I've had a ton of support from you're not on this people. dissertation Island by yourself yeah. <laughs> and they're like, good luck. We'll see you at your, your defending. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that would be horrible. I think for all of my committee and for me, because nobody wants to be like, okay, now go and fix all of this. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Yeah. And again, Iowa state, I don't know. I can't speak for other universities, but Iowa state, is very supportive in terms of providing um, not only you know personal support and those kind of things, but then that that academic support, whether it's in our department or in the grad college itself. So it's good to know. Yeah, that's really that good. makes me feel better if I ever decide to go back to school. I don't <laughs> know if that'll happen. But <laughs> you should do it. <laughs> I know you. Yeah. Would, I knew you were going to say yeah. that. <laughs> do you feel like you're ready for 
you feel like you're ready for your dissertation and you're ready to kind of move forward? Yeah, I mean, I definitely am. I, I'm really going to miss, um, I'm going to miss the research I'm doing. I love working with pregnant women. It's been really fun. Um, not to say I'm not going to love working with whoever, whatever mm -hmm. I do next. I think it'll all be great, but I've really enjoyed, um, I've really enjoyed the research I've done and I've really enjoyed working with a major professor I've worked with and working with the people in my lab and, and being at Iowa State in general. Um, so I'm going to miss that. And I feel like you work so hard for this, especially I would think other grad students would think this, but you work so hard at what you're doing for, feels like forever. Mm -hmm. And then to have to move on to the next thing I mean it just it's it's not easy but it's it's also exciting so mm -hmm. do you feel like um when you think about choosing what you you know did all your your studying on I mean like do people choose that sometimes or does it just kind of like it kind of fell in your lap for mm -hmm. you and Dr. Campbell do you recommend people kind of being open to any type of study or do you recommend people to actually find a study that they are most interested in uh, I would say a little bit of both. You need to be open-minded because, um, I mean, you can go, there are students who go specifically to a grad or to a college because they, mm -hmm. they know there's a professor who they want to do research with and they like the research, so they're going to go and work for that professor. But if you were, and I came into Iowa State pretty much knowing that I wanted to work with, with Christina on her research, but there's definitely students who come into um a department they get into grad school and they come in and you have some choice in who you can work with but you also work with who's able to has a project for you to work on who has funding for you to work on their project um so you have to be willing to be open to working on something that you maybe didn't think you were going to work on but i i mean for the most part a lot of a lot of um, faculty is going to be somewhat willing to work with you on what's going to be interesting to you as well so, I mean, even with Christina, I came in saying, you know, obviously you're going to want to continue on these intervention studies, but I would love to incorporate motivational interviewing within them because I really, I, a, I think a, that's a great thing. Um, I have a passion for it. Can we work, can we figure out how to do that? Um, and she was like, sure, let's, you know, we'll figure it out. We'll, we'll, we'll make it work. And that's I mean, awesome. it lined up, it lined up very well with what she wanted to do anyway. So, but I mean, there's a lot of instances where I've heard students saying, you know, I, or if I read this and I brought it to my professor and they said, okay, let's try that too. So mm -hmm. it definitely helps when you're working with someone who's also, it's good to find someone who's passionate the way that you're passionate mm -hmm. um, and whether that be for a specific thing or, or a more open-ended thing it's still nice to share share a passion a or an excitement yeah. for, for, for doing something new well like you said too like you got to use your rd skills so mm -hmm. that's with the motivational interviewing that you've got to incorporate that that's yeah. that's fun it was really fun yeah, yeah. you're mm -hmm. like i can use some of my rd skills <laughs> exactly <laughs> i felt great i was like oh i'm using all that all that hard work yes but, <laughs> there's a reason why i took that internship and did that test mm -hmm. and that's really exactly. cool yeah. So now that you are going to be wrapping up with school, what's on the horizon for you? I mean, like you've done research. What are kind of, you said you have passions for certain things. What are your passions? Um, I think, I guess, again, research, I have found a passion in that. It's not something like, definitely not something I came into grad school thinking I'm going to leave grad school and I want to 
do more research, I kind of thought, well, I'll do grad school and, and then it'd be really nice to go work clinically or do something. Mm-hmm. Use my RD and now I'm leaving thinking, I would, I just kind of want to go do more research. <laughs> um, you got the bug. Exactly. <laughs> so, uh, right, right after I get done, I'm going, I have a job. So I'm starting to work um, and I'm going to be doing, I'm going to be working at, at Drake with the Harkin Institute as the Associate Director of Nutrition and Wellness Policy. So doing some research on um, nutrition and wellness policy, uh, which a policy, I guess, would be kind of answering a question has been kind of a passion of mine. Mm-hmm. And so it's it was never something I would thought I would get into professionally. Um, it was something I always thought I would just continue working on. It's more of a passion within my profession. But I, now I'm doing a job where I, I get to combine them. Combine them, yeah. So that's really interesting. So you've been volunteering. I'm going to tell her, but she's been mm-hmm. volunteering and she's been doing a lot of public policy within our state with our Iowa Academy of Nutrition and Dietetics. So I think that's so cool that you are going to combine that with your current job mm-hmm. and your research. So you're still kind of staying in research just from a completely different aspect. Exactly. Which is exciting and scary. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to ask, so is that kind of intimidating to you because it's a totally different kind of research? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it's... It's really, it is intimidating. I I know there's definitely parts of it that I can bring in that I feel like I already know um, or components I can utilize in my, that I've used in my research. Um, but there's going to be a huge learning curve. And luckily the people that hired me knew that I, I told them going in, I'm like, there's going to be a learning curve. I'm going to need support. <laughs> and they're completely open to that and willing to support me in that, which is very lucky. Um, because I, I love to do new things and learn new things. And um, I like to say yes to new things. <laughs> Gold dietitians say yes a little bit sometimes. <laughs> Too much, but... <laughs> I know, yes, I think that is true. Um, so, yeah, so it, it'll be... It's scary, but very exciting. Why... Can you tell our listeners why policy in our profession is so important? I mean, I, yes, I... I, you don't need to know um, Teresa Nice or anyone else to have heard, and I believe the saying has changed a little bit. But if you know if dietetics is your profession, policy should be your passion. And that's just because so much of the policy in our world today kind of dictates how we practice. Um, so if we're reimbursed for certain things, that that helps more people come to us if they can be if we can be reimbursed by helping someone and they don't have to pay out of pocket costs. That's so important. And then you look at school nutrition. I mean, that is all huge. you know, it's all legislation. It's all policy driven, and that just knowing how how much nutrition and wellness influences children and what it does for their development. It's amazing to think that there you can have influence on that trajectory um just by by working on policy so it it's um it might not directly be like you're working one-on-one with a client but i just think policy is such a behind the scenes importance in the big picture um that just really needs to be focused on because we can't make those we can't make the changes in the real world if we're not making those bigger changes just to the system itself so Mm -hmm. and i think that we need to keep we keep bringing ourselves up and being relevant yeah. within policy, yeah. which I didn't know anything about until I started getting involved with the Iowa Academy, too. Mm-hmm. And so that's been a great wake-up call for me about being 
just being present okay. and having those conversations with legislators, letting them know you exist and yeah. who you are and <laughs> what your face looks like exactly. and where you live and mm-hmm. and attending, you know, local policy conversations and yeah. going to your state legislators and all that stuff that's very important, which you've helped facilitate yeah. for our group. Yeah, it's, I mean... It's so it's so important to let them know what you do and who you are. Because like I said, I was 22 before I even really knew. I mean, what? I mean, I knew dietitians, but I didn't really know what they did mm-hmm. and kind of the in, how much that encompassed. So talking to someone about, it, you know, like when you say I'm a doctor, people can kind of get like, okay, you're a doctor. But when you're a dietitian, I feel like there's a lot more to that <laughs> than just being like, I'm a, I'm a doctor. So Yeah. Do you ever find your friends are like, what do you do? <laughs> I think, you know, it's funny when you think about, I always think, I'm like, well, I kind of go with what my friends think, because if they don't even know what I do, how can I expect anyone else to know what I do? Because they're the closest people to me. Yeah. And they still don't know what I do. Yeah. They're like, and what, what's your title again? Or even, you know, new people. Yeah. It's, it's so fun to introduce like introduced yourself to a new person and like, Oh, what do you do? Like, Oh, I'm a registered dietitian. So they're like, does that mean that you, what does that exactly mean? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And then in your case too, with like your position, you're a registered dietitian, but you're not doing anything that anyone would ever guess you to be doing, which I think is another thing that's important for other dietitians to realize that there is a position, there are positions like the one you're going to have that, have nothing to do with counseling Mm -hmm. a patient or a client and it has something to do with something completely different exactly yeah I remember when I started kind of looking for jobs it's like I I can't just put in the search engine and register dietitian (laughs) I need you know you need to look at other things because maybe it's not asking that you be a registered dietitian but it doesn't mean I can't fit into this role or bring something that they didn't know that they needed into this role like this position I'm taking it didn't call for a registered dietitian, but it's going to benefit, I think, so much by having a registered dietitian doing that job. Absolutely. So. Yeah, what did you put in your search engine? <laughs> just pretty much every, anything and everything. Health, Re- nutrition, yeah. wellness, policy. I'm sure you had quite a list. <laughs> yes, it was. I put a lot. And this one luckily came... Um, some a friend sent this to me, and she just goes, really? "I think th- I think this might be good for you. I have no idea what it really means, but you should apply for this." <laughs> really? Yeah. Well, see, your friend knows what you kind of yes. like. Then that's good. Yeah. I was gonna I was gonna ask like when you thought about what your ideal job was gonna be out of school. I mean, did you have any idea you were gonna go into something like this, or what were you kind of thinking your mm-hmm. job would you would kind of want to be doing? Well, when I originally finished my internship, I thought I would go clinical. Mm-hmm. That's definitely where I was going to go. I love I love clinical. I still do. I still love to get back to it someday, um, if that would ever happen. Uh, <laughs> but when I thought when I finished my PhD, what I would want to be eventually get to um, would be maybe after a postdoc or something like that would be um, working at a university hospital and doing research, um, and then doing clinical work and then also being able to teach as well, whether it be dietetic students or medical students or interns, just do something with teaching too. So that could definitely be on the horizon for you sometime. Mm-hmm. Sometime. Yeah. Yeah. Cause that, cause that sounds like that's kind of your passion ultimately is working in more of a teaching kind of hospital situation, institution and doing research, but also still having that teaching component. Yeah, definitely. I, I like, I really like teaching and 
again, going back to my internship, I had fantastic preceptors. And I remember leaving and thinking, I want to be that for somebody someday. So if I can, whether it be dietetic students or interns or students in general, I want to be that person who encourages them and, you know, fosters a, a passion for, for what you're doing. So I really, I would love to continue to teach if, if at all possible. It's not my my strongest skill, I would say, but it's something I definitely want to keep working on because I really... You love it. I, lo- I love it, or I just love, I love knowing what it could do for people. So I've just had such good experience with the mentoring and the teaching from others that I, I want to be that for somebody. Mm-hmm. That says mm-hmm. so much about our profession, too, because yeah. I feel the same way about my preceptors. Yeah. I'm just like, oh my gosh, I would not be anywhere without them, mm-hmm. and we need to keep facilitating new awesome (laughs) preceptors so people want to keep going into our profession exactly and we all know medical students need our help you know completely so (laughs) yes yes they do (laughs) so maybe that'll evolve as years go on as well that Mm -hmm. you know medical students will get a little bit more of that nutrition education and research education and I hope so we'll cross our fingers on that (laughs) it might be a while hopefully it happens in our lifetime I don't know (laughs) it might yeah we'll see Well, we kind of know what you're, do you have any other passions when it comes to nutrition that, you know, that you haven't done that maybe you want to do? Like you said, like policy was kind of a volunteer kind of thing that you mm-hmm. thought, but was there, is there any other things that you enjoy doing? I guess not on this side, but. I don't know. I've always, I, I've never done this. And I've, I think I've, the only person I've ever talked to about was my husband, but it'd be really fun to food blog. Um, and I feel like that's something a lot of people do and just takes I have so much respect for people who do it because it's a beautiful thing but um and it it's I have I want to have a new angle to come at it with but I'm I'm a vegetarian and I've been one for 18 years 18 years yeah and so I just for you I've there's great vegetarian um food blogs out there but I I think it'd be really fun to Take your spin on it. Take my what spin would be on your it. spin? You know, I have no idea. No. I love to bake too. So it'd be like a vegetarian Ooh. baking. I could block. <laughs> I could get down with that. I but again, veg- that's something that's been around, so it's, it wouldn't be new. <laughs> but it'd be new from a but new from your perspective. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's awesome. I would love. I would follow it. I would. I love baking. <laughs> I love anything baked. So. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe a great British Bake Off vegetarian food blog because I love to try to bake whatever they make on Ooh. Great British Bake Off. You could like it. Yeah. Yeah. That could know. be fun. <laughs> well, in your spare time when you're not writing everything else, you might, that might be something that helps kind of fill the void of all your crazy work that you've been doing. Yeah. <laughs> and your husband will be so happy. Oh, he would be so happy. <laughs> it might not be good for him. So. <laughs> is, is he vegetarian as well? Um, no, he, he's vegetarian at home, but he's not a vegetarian. He always so says he, he's going to be, but I'm like, don't, you don't need to be. You don't you, have to. Yeah, yeah. Like it's not a big deal. But I bet you, you guys cook. I would love any recipes that you make that you <laughs> like. Share them with me because I'm open because I, I'm like, I'm not scared of being like eating those kind of dishes, but yeah. I think like you've been one for so long, so you would have some great flavor combinations yeah. and complete proteins, which is so important. Exactly. I know. I always, I like to think that. I mean, I like to cook, and mm-hmm. uh, I think being a veg people are like, oh, being a vegetarian doesn't sound like any fun, but it's so much more fun because you get to experiment with way cooler flavors, and I mean, not that you can't do that with meat, but mm-hmm. you just get you kind of have to experiment with more yes. flavors. So as you'd be eating some really bland beans and quinoa. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Which would not be fun for anyone. It'd be awful. Yeah. That's why baking, you can actually kind of, there's so many. I think um, 
that's a very big trend right now is just more plant-based mm-hmm. cooking and baking and eating. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I think you're, you're on, you're a, you're trendy. You don't even know it, and you're trendy. <laughs> I hope that's true because the more food blogs I can find that have recipes, it's yeah. really fun. So. Yeah, I bet. Mm-hmm. I bet that's great that you love to cook too in your in your free time, which yeah. I don't know when that is. But <laughs> there's always time to cook. <laughs> well, I'm excited for you. I'm gonna. Um, if anyone ever has any questions about research or going into that kind of stuff, I'm gonna leave your contact information because I think that that's an area that a lot of dietitians we just go get our RD and we're kind of done. Mm-hmm. We don't really know what else is next in the education. And I love that, how you put it as we talk about, and we preach about research-based and science-based, but until you kind of get into it, you don't really know what that means. And mm-hmm. so now I know that if I ever have a question about that intimidating journal, I'll just ask you. <laughs> yes. I, mean, I would I would love to have a class on like how you determine what a good research article is. Yeah. And I, I mean, people can get involved. I think RDs can get involved in research, not even having to go back to grad school. Just Oh, really? I, I, yeah, I mean, being like, oh, I want to help out with a research project or do something, you know, even if you want to come see what it's all about. I don't know how that would be, you know, exactly happen, but it, it, could. it, could, it could definitely happen. You don't know until you ask, right? Exactly. Huh. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Um, just throwing that option out there. That's, someone's well, interested. I think that's a great thing to think about, though, <laughs> truly. So I might even think about that, but... Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like that idea. Mm-hmm. It's never too late to try something new. Yeah, no, I definitely don't think so. I'm just starting a job. <laughs> she is. She, she's got a lot of years ahead of her working. So we'll definitely have to have a follow-up conversation yeah. to see kind of where, where you're at. Maybe you'll be teaching at a hospital in five years. You never know. Yeah. So <laughs> That'd be fun. You might be running for president. Oh, that, that won't ever happen. <laughs> That's never going to happen. Well, I have some fun questions for you. Mm-hmm. What is your favorite food? Uh, probably peanut butter or, I mean, that's my favorite kind of food. If I could, I would eat something all the time I would eat it, but I love all vegetables. I do not think there's a vegetable I would turn my nose to. So peanut butter and vegetables, maybe not together. Not together. (laughs) (laughs) Who knows? (laughs) What, do you make your own peanut butter or do you? No, I just buy, no, and I'll buy whatever. Yeah, just whatever. I, I'll have anything from the Skippy to the the hand crank, like yeah. you do your own a Hy-Vee, you know. Yeah. So it's all mm. it all tastes so different. I it, think it does. It I really just had some high protein peanut butter. Have you seen that? It's peanut butter that's mixed in with like whey protein, so then it pumps up the protein in it. Kind of like PB two or something. Kind of, like but it's it's like the it's got the oh, oil and stuff to it. Yeah. Oh, I'll look into that. Huh? Yeah. So mm. there's that's Is it out good? there. Yeah, it would be kind of like more of a hand-cranked, like homemade kind of mm-hmm. peanut butter, but then they just add that whey protein to make it more protein-powered, I guess. Sounds good. Again, there you if go. it's prote- or peanut it butter up. flavored, I will <laughs> <Yeah>. probably eat it. <laughs> What's your favorite drink? Um, coffee. Coffee. Mm-hmm. You probably needed coffee to get through <laughs> all this research. Yeah. <laughs> I don't like decaf coffee, though. I always think at the end of a day... I, if I wouldn't drink tea, I like tea too. But mm-hmm. I, if I don't drink coffee, I still want decaf coffee. Like regular. If I you don't like need the, the caffeine, taste of it. I like the decaf stuff too. So. I love the taste mm-hmm. of coffee. I do. Yeah. I love the smell of it. Yes. Too. Mm-hmm. Yes. Maybe the smell even more than the taste. I think but, so too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Did you drink it when you were younger? I did not drink it until I was 18, but I think as soon as I turned 18, my mom put, like, a cup in my hand. It's <laughs> like, oh. Said, yes, because she loves coffee, so she just always has, she's like, some, when, I, when I don't feel guilty about giving you coffee, I'll give it to you, so someday we can just drink coffee together. 
So that was a special moment for her, <laughs> and probably you too, because uh, yeah. you're like, we can drink it together. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> What's your favorite smell? Oh, um, lilacs. I love the smell of lilacs. Mm-hmm. It's like I think it's just something. I bought a lilac bush just for my house, and I mean, it's like the oh, size. It's so small right that? now. Yes, just like do you put it in your house? Like it's. Out. I have it, so I have it in a pot, and so I put it outside in the summer, and then oh. I bring it in in the winter, and it stays alive. But then I put it out in the summer, and then I just sit it right by my back door, and then it just wafts. And it's so small. It's just these little. It's so small, oh, but the smell yeah, so, still. Yeah. Yeah, so sometimes it'll pop out blooms when it's in the house during the year. So you could try it. Oh my gosh, I need to try that. I love (laughs) the smell of lilac. Yeah. Bath and Body Works has a really good candle that smells like it too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You need one of those too. (laughs) (laughs) What brings you joy in life? Um, My my husband um, brings me a lot of joy um, being around family and friends. I think people, people in general. If If I'm with a happy person, I'm usually a happy person. Mm-hmm. That's always a good thing. Yeah. Happy people. Do you, do you always have happy people in your research study? For the most part. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I don't think I've met anyone I've had. I've never had someone I've had trouble with. So, and for the most part, I've met some really amazing, happy people that I'm like, you can stay my friend forever. <laughs> so I really love, I really like being around you. You're like, you're, you're my role model of a happy person. Yes. Yes. <laughs> That's mm-hmm. good. That's yeah. a good thing. Well, thank you so much for spending time mm-hmm. today and can't wait to catch up with you in a few more years and see what you're up to. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for thank you for doing this. Yeah, too. that's I fun. It's amazing. It's so. fun. I know Lindy is going to do a great job when she defends her thesis this fall, and I'm excited for her new career as well. I think Lindy is a great example of how volunteering for your state affiliate can give you opportunities as a registered dietitian that you didn't even know about to explore different interests and maybe some of your different passions, or maybe even create some passions. I will for sure be following up with Lindy again in a future podcast. One of my favorite snacks is popcorn. You guys all know that, and I actually eat it with my Nick sticks for a balanced snack. My go-to popcorn is the delicious Jolly Time popcorn. Jolly Time popcorn is available in a variety of flavors, with Simply Pop being one of my favorites. Go to JollyTime.com for more information and some money-saving coupons. AnnaElizabethArty.com is where you can read my latest addition to my weekly wisdom blog, that shares my current adventures, food, workout music I'm jamming out to, a very easy recipe, or something new that I love. My book is available for purchase, and you can find my previous podcast, show notes, and links to things we talked about during all my conversations with these amazing people. I would love for you to connect with me on social media. Find me on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at AnnaLizabethRD. Remember to be great always, find the joy in each day, and to start a conversation that truly matters.